right, I would like to call this evening's meeting to order. Thank you so much for everybody being here. As far as the second item on the agenda this evening, approval of the October 12th uh, minutes. Do we have a motion to approve? Is there a second? Second. Second. Okay. <laughs> you got it. All right. Um, doesn't look like there's anybody from the public here for any public discussion <laughs> at this time. Yeah. So we'll move on to item number four, uh, CIP 2023 through 2027. Okay, so tonight I'm going to go through our request for the capital improvement plan. Um, I am going to hand you out packets and have a lot more information than what I'm going to go over. So. I know every teacher and every presenter says, so don't, don't look, look back to the back. I'll explain what's in the back when we get there. I know that's really tempting, isn't it? So I'll do a little primer on what our capital improvement plan is and talk to you about the projects that are in and out right now. This is a yearly process we go through, and at the end of the presentation, it would be appropriate for you as a commission to either make a recommendation to approve or to recommend approval as presented, or recommend approval with changes such as so take notes along the way if you have anything that may want to change and let me just walk you through a little bit of a budgeting 101 if you're a numbers person you might really like tonight if you're not hopefully it will still be entertaining should we follow along I, you can follow along if i don't want to cheat no just don't go to the back yet okay 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 so our capital improvement plan is a five-year planning tool for large scale construction and renovation projects. We get to the projects that are recommended for the plan from all of the master plan work that, we're, that we've been doing. So for Parks and Recreation, the projects you see in here are largely based on recommendations from the Park Master Plan of 2016, which we're almost through, the Natural Areas Plan about a year later, the Bicycle Master Plan. So there are a lot of trail projects that are in the Parks and Rec budget. I don't actually manage those as a staff person, but we get credit for them in our department. And then the Recreation Facilities Program Master Plan that we just finished, and then development opportunities. You'll see throughout this plan, there's money going in for what we're calling Carson Lake Park. Um, that is a new development that hopefully is coming west of Highway 218. And I'll kind of talk about that. It's not a done deal yet, but we've started putting money out there okay. so that when it happens, we can be able to do that. It's adjusted annually, so it's adopted annually, but it's also adjusted annually. So we'll go through five years worth of priorities and projects. Starting with projects that are 2023, you'll find that most of those are underway and you can pretty much bank on those happening. Probably the same for 2024 projects. 2025, we start to get a little bit more iffy about, and 26 and 27 are placeholders. And as we move forward, projects will shift around from time to time. We also change based on conditions. So we may have a park project, a playground that is scheduled. Uh, the Penn Mall playground was one that was actually scheduled for a few years out from now. We realized the condition of that old playground was reaching the point where if we didn't do it sooner, we were gonna have to close it without an alternative. So sometimes things will switch because we have concerns about their safety or their longevity. There's changing in funding sources. Um, in this next year's list of projects, you'll see that several are grant required, so we don't have the grant yet, so you'll see a few that we don't know for sure are gonna happen or they may happen in a different way. And then sometimes projects have to be reallocated through departments 
um, due to priority overall. So we negotiate, I was going to say compete, we <laughs> negotiate with streets and sewer and, air, and the airport and the, you know, every other city department. So sometimes there's a big street project, uh, Rochester or hopefully Taft Road someday, it just gobbles up a ton of money for that year. And there's only so much money each year that the city can bond for. So every year it's a little bit of a shell game or a little bit of a puzzle to put together to figure that out. The process that we go through is we start out, each department head works with their staff to submit the projects for this year or for the five years based on our priorities. So we start out, we submit, gosh, for our department, probably 50 or 60 individual budget sheets, one for each project. And with each budget sheet, we look through and we say, what master plan did it come from? What's the community need for this type of project? Is it, what's the economic level of the neighborhood it's in? So projects that are in lower income neighborhoods get a higher priority than ones that are in more affluent neighborhoods right now until we kind of catch up with that. Um, and then also we'll look at other, other possible funding sources to make things happen. We, pre we present all that to a staff budget team. So the staff budget team is a couple members of the city manager's office, finance staff, and then generally the five department heads from the larger departments, so myself, public works, neighborhood services, finance, and I'm forgetting, someone's gonna be mad I left them out, but basically there's five of us that get together and start the arm wrestling process, <laughs> first as a staff. Julie, can I ask really quick, yeah. you mentioned that um, the, they're prioritized by um, level of income, presumably in a neighborhood, I'm sorry, is it based on like the value of houses, how, how are neighborhoods ranked from like, yeah. you know, most need to a fluid? Yeah, so this, and first of all, it's not the only thing we prioritize, it's one of five okay. different criteria. It's based on CDBG block designations. Oh, so okay. low and moderate income, each, the, the city is, um, and this is, the map is on the city website if you want to see it, okay. but it's all broken up by, um, income levels of people living in each of those neighborhoods and it follows the um, community development block grant federal guidelines. But how would they know how much money each? It's census data? It's census data oh, okay. and okay. I'm not okay. sure exactly how, how that was determined. Okay. Yeah, good question. I don't know the full answer there. So the, then it goes to the finance director and the city manager. They, re they refine it further. Sometimes they push projects back. This year we got about three projects and <laughs> move forward to next year, which we're like, oh my gosh, we have so many things happening, it's awesome. It just depends on how the overall puzzle fits for where a big project is gonna take a lot of money and where things are gonna take less money. And now we're here where you're going to review it and to make a recommendation. And the final steps is that as staff, we will uh, review it with the city council, usually at their uh, mid-January, work session on a Tuesday afternoon or evening, and then they will approve it sometime usually February or March. That being said, at this step in the process, once it's made it through the finance director and the staff budget team and city manager, it's pretty close to what's probably gonna be approved by the council. Once in a while we get surprised. Usually it's because somebody has a project in their neighborhood that they would really like to see done and they'll they'll ask that we move something else back and something forward. That still happens on a council level, but this is pretty much, what you see tonight is pretty much the plan for what we're gonna be doing. 
So what's the difference? We have two different types of budgets that we work with here. We have the capital improvement or CIP and then we have operating budget. So our capital improvement budget over the next five years, it's somewhere between 8.3 million to 12.9 million that we have in these construction projects that are happening um, under Parks and Rec. It's 32 and a half million over five years. That is project design, bidding, construction cost, no staff costs. So especially Tyler and I spend a lot of time working on these park projects. It doesn't include our time, it doesn't include engineering staff time. This is construction and consultants. It's generally not an annual maintenance item. So if we're painting an office, if we're replacing the tile in one of our rooms, that's an operating expense. If we decided to completely redo this room with new lights, new everything, and it was like $15,000, $20,000, that might land in the capital budget. But smaller projects are operating larger in capital. Our operating beach budget each year is about $11 million for parks and recreation, probably one of the highest ones in the state. And that's a one-year time frame. We submit that and it's approved by the city council each year. We've had, once again, all of our staff budget meetings over the last three weeks. It funds all of our daily operations, anything that's about under $10,000 for repairs. So if we were gonna replace the tables and chairs in this room, it would probably come out of operating. If we decided um, across the entire rec center we were gonna replace all the furnishing, that might become a capital improvement item. It's more numbers game. Uh, and operating budget is all the staffing for operations. Okay, so within the capital improvement plan, we also have several in the category that are annual improvement projects. And so for parks and recreation, these are line items that we tend to get about the same dollar amount each year, and it's for projects that are kind of in between. So for City Hall every year, because it's under government buildings, we have 50,000 in this account. And this is for things that rank above painting the walls. <laughs> it's usually something like one piece of HVAC equipment that goes out or um, some other fairly big piece of equipment or smaller renovation. We're looking at replacing all of the um, water faucets to automatic fountains. So that's something that'll probably come out of this annual CIP line. We have one for park annual improvements. We used to have about 100, 150 in here a year. <laughs> we don't get quite as much anymore, but we get it in some other lines. These are what we do, things like um, we add signs. Each year in the last three years, we've done a certain number of new park signs. This is what we do if one of the um, youth sports association um, comes to us and says, we have $10,000 for a new scoreboard, but we need 15, can you give us five? That kind of thing comes out of this line item. So we, we call it either partner projects or smaller improvement projects. Tyler, can you think of anything else that we've done? Uh, sometimes our park furnishings, if they don't happen to be part of an uh, actual project or they need upgraded, could come out of this. Um, like bike stations and, yep, and yeah, the grills and benches. Yep. Yeah, smaller things like that. What is, why does City Hall repairs fall under this budget? Um, because in Parks and Rec, we have uh, one of our divisions is government buildings, and so we have all the maintenance and custodial for all the, um, so for City Hall, police, fire, animal shelter, um, senior, center. senior center, and the two rec centers. So we, do, we have, that's Kumi Morris on our staff. She uh, maintains all of those, as well as staffs them with custodial and maintenance people. So, that, so that's in our budget. 
good question. Uh, park annual ADA assess accessibility improvements, 30,000 a year. That's for small paths. So we've gone through based on the 2016 master plan and we've done all kinds of like 10 or 15 feet of path here or there just to get accessibility to a playground or a shelter. 30,000 is not even quite enough to do one per year. It's tiny. So we bank that money and tend to do it, um, do two or three. And that's another difference between capital improvement budgets and operating. Operating, you must spend by the end of the year or go to finance and beg. <laughs> Capital improvement projects can hold on and, and you, can, you can accumulate money in these annual funds for larger projects. A new one this year, or last year actually, was uh, climate action facility improvements and we got quite a bit of money there, 250000 for anything we do throughout the buildings that support our climate action goals. So replacing LED lights, lights, LED lights, water saving fixtures, if we were to do solar on a building, um, we manage that in Parks and Rec, but in, in coordination with the Sustainability Office as well. We have the intra-city bike trails and bridges. This is not generally building new trails, this is going in. We have, like right now, three or four bridges on the bike trails that are getting in really poor shape. The money from, from here will be used to replace those. So it's smaller trail projects. When we had uh, part of the trail fall into the river um, back and I have a river trail, you know, things like that can typically come out of this fund. We have $50,000 a year for rec center improvements. That's for this building and for Mercer. This is the line we do smaller things. Some of the things we're planning on doing with it next year is replacing some of the ceiling tile throughout it. Don't look up too often when you're out here. It's kind of gross. Um, potentially doing some tile replacement on the floors some uh, fixture changes in the restroom, so smaller type things. Some of the smaller items that were called out in the rec facility master plan will come out of this budget. There was specifically um, some work on the Mercer gym doors and some water leaking problems. That is probably gonna rise to come out of this line. We're going to be doing Mercer Park and we're gonna be doing um, an, a new entrance into the rec center and getting that repaved. It's got quite a few stumble blocks in it right now. Some of those things go. There is a separate line we'll talk about later, which is about $700,000 a year. So that's for the bigger ticket projects for the rec center. This is for the much smaller things that we try to plan for, but come up piece by piece. We do $100,000 a year right now for annual and contracted tree improvements. We have are currently trying to water 800 trees plus. Thousand plus. Thousand plus now. <laughs> it changes every day. But these are the larger street tree planning projects that you've seen recently. One, uh, we did the Mackinac neighborhood. We have one, a big one in the South District happening right now. We've had one along Scott Boulevard. Um, so we're really, yeah, go ahead. Do you um, have, you know, like Cedar Rapids had like all their tree canopy devastated. We didn't get it nearly as bad, but I know like on the east side, mm -hmm. like along the street, along Friendship Street, kind of like, in between those two areas, we lost a lot of big trees. Are there any plans to? So, if, do yeah, do you want to talk to that about? Uh, friendship is a little tricky depending on how wide the space is mm -hmm. and what yard trees are still there. And there's a lot of ash trees in the yards that still need to come down before something else goes in. Yeah. Um, but uh, we tend to use that at a different and then this uh, this fund, um, unless it's we can put a lot of them in one area, 
Um, those tend to come out of our operating budget and an infill type planting, what we would call it. Um, so an example of that this year would be on Wayne Avenue. We did quite a few trees and a few block stretch there. Um, and then if someone asks, hey, I want a tree for my yard, uh, or in my yard, or the right of way by my yard in front of my house, then that's when we may use that as well. So, yep. Sometimes we get at it piece by piece, and sometimes it's a larger project. This is for the larger projects. Okay, so now let's go year by year. Uh, 2023 is scary and exciting at the same time. <laughs> okay, more projects than we showed you last year when we had this happening. Uh, first of all, we got the REAP grant, so, so our REAP grant projects end up in the CIP budget, even though they are completely funded by the state. So this is Hickory Hill Park Ecological Restoration that will happen this year, contract work there. Kiwanis Playground, uh, $350,000 for the playground um, changes, which is probably a little, I should never say this, probably a little more than we need there. but. Um, you will be seeing this at the December meeting where we will have, we have a public meeting with the neighborhood scheduled for November 22nd and then the consultants will be here in December to show you the final plans of where we're going with that one. Hickory Hill Park, this one got moved forward to 2023. It was in, a, in an out year before. This is the, the northern restroom and shelter. It's the last of our original 1960 or 70s style octagon type restroom. It's got some really unique architecture to the restroom. If you've never used it up there, go <laughs> see it before we take it out. Anyway, the plan is to replace it with our standard restroom and shelter that you're seeing in our other parks. So similar to Weatherby or um, McPherson Park. So a nice standalone restroom and a nice shelter replacement. Not a lot of neighborhood review on this one because we're simply replacing what's there with the new park standards. Happy Hollow Playground and Ballfield replacement. As you remember, as a commission, um, people came to us. Yeah, you made a recommendation to to go ahead and replace it eventually with the ball field with the old skin it like it was. Um, we thought that would happen in 2024-25. A lot of interest from a couple of the council members to get it done. So they've moved it forward. It'll happen next summer. Same thing in December, you will see the plans for the playground. We've already had two neighborhood meetings out in that park in the last two years, so there won't be another one for playground design. We will choose the playground that's within the budget and based on the input received, and we'll see that come back in December. Terrell Mill Skate Park and addition of a pump track shows us $2 million right now. Before it was about a million dollars. This is part of the grant package we have into the state for this one of the state tourism grants. Mm -hmm. So the two million is dependent on us getting some funding from the state. If we don't get that, it would be scaled back to more like the million dollar project. Is it like they request some kind of match? Is that what the grant would be? So I think it'll happen in some format, but it depends on how much grant money we get. Mercer Ballfield renovations is underway. But as far as design, you will see that in December. And same with pickleball, pickleball tennis court renovations. Hunter's Run Playground, we will have the neighborhood meeting for that on November 22nd. And then once again, you'll see that uh, December, you'll see the review of what's being planned for that park. Julie, is this pickleball one? I'm sorry to yep. go back one. Is this like an expansion? Is this addressing any of the pickleball people? Or is this just a renovation of current? So 
don't know the final answer for that. $400,000 is enough to pretty much hopefully rebuild what's there okay. without an expansion and without a lot of extra bells and whistles, but it would give them a good solid foundation without cracks. Um, and I think once we get further into the design, we'll be able to say, okay, if you want shade in a certain area, this is the extra cost. There might be some fundraising potentially yeah. happening with it too. Okay. But ours is pretty basic of what we can afford with that. Okay. Okay, there's more projects for 2023. Um, event facility improvements is actually the Shakespeare stage in uh, the Riverside Festival Shakespeare, Shakespeare stage in Lower City Park. Uh, it's part of the grant to the state as well. If we get the grant, it'll be about an $800,000 project. If not, it would be more like a $500,000 project. So it just depends. And we'll there's a lot of work to do. We'll do as much as we can do to kind of bring it up to this. Uh, it's just been, not a lot has been done to it for 10, 15 years. Willow Creek trail replacement is, is it out to bid or is it ready to bid? I can't remember. Uh, 50% of the time. Oh, okay, so it's not ready to bid yet, but it's, it's in the works. We have money, once again, if the grant comes through for a kayak launch at Waterworks Prairie Park kind of by the bridge on um, Dubuque Street there. Sturgis Ferry Boat Ramp Improvements are part of the bid, or part of the grant um, package request, but in this case, Public Works is doing a project there anyway, so we're being tacked on to the Public Works project, so the 600,000 is already allocated, ready to go. It won't do a lot for the boat ramp part. It will make improvements to the parking lot that's there and maybe add a small shelter um, area. And then this Carson Lake Park planning, 200,000 in there now to start some of the planning design work. They're looking at this park being a fairly large park that would include potentially a large retention basin similar in size to Terry Trueblood. Uh, with potentially a trail around it and maybe some kind of indoor recreation space. Be a new elementary and middle school, it sounds like, out in the area, and we would likely partner with them in a similar situation like we do for Southeast Junior High. So a lot more to be detailed, but I think we're gonna end up with some fairly significant rec facilities out there. Do we have any dates? We have, you'll find money here in the budget for the next five years. Um, but no development plan has been approved yet. Do so. we know what space this would be on at least? Like what? So, uh, I kind of hesitate to even show oh, that okay. yet. Okay, that's fine. So, Is that yeah. the west side of town? Yeah, yeah. Far, far west. So past 218 out to the west. It's not city, it's been city boundaries right now even. So I don't think. Oh, it would have to be annexed still. Yeah. Oh, so. Okay. But it would, it's reliant on city sewers, so it probably will be in probably be a new development okay. out there. Okay, so any questions on those 2023 projects? One question about the kayak launch at Waterworks Park. Um, it's not exactly right up on the on the dam, but there is, you know, like, I guess I, there is that dam there, so I'm just kind of curious what, what so the I've been looking at kind of a water trail situation where there would be several smaller ones. So there'd be one there. There would be one um, in the Coralville area, in the river landing area. Um, another one down at Sturgis. 
potentially one off of our Napoleon Park shop. So each one is not meant to be a full, you can't go very far in the river with any of them, but it's meant to be smaller area attractions. So, Would yeah. there be, because um, I remember when I, I kind of paddled through there one time, and uh, people were calling the cops, like, you're going to go over. I don't know, I guess oh, I just wondered. Skill level, you know, people getting on the water. I mean, it does seem like that all has to be taken into, yeah. into consideration. So at one point, when I first got here six years ago, they were actually looking at a plan to replace the roller down there and do more of like a kayaking course, which you've seen in other places. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's I forget the price tag, it's quite expensive. And the biggest problem is most of the University of Iowa's key power and IT stuff and cable stuff comes through that dam. Mm -hmm. So it's more the cost of trying to relocate all of that on top of the typical cost of the project. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I think, and I think beyond this five years, I think we'll continue to be talking about the river and what can be done to make it safer and better and more recreation opportunities for sure. Okay, 2024 projects. So some of these would start uh, later this year with design but they wouldn't be constructed to the calendar year of 2024. And we have Palisades Development Park. We're going to have to rename this, so just start thinking about that. Because <laughs> there's the Palisades State Park, and we have this little sliver of land kind of in the northeast part of town that will end up with a playground, a small playground, a shelter, very small. Um, we're getting the land through park dedication. And we might have it by now. And it's, Anytime. It's about three residential lot sizes. Yeah, so not too big. Uh, Mercer Scanlon, this is where I said there's a second fund out there of about 700000 a year for the rec centers. We look to that to most likely do the roof replacement at Mercer and Scanlon. Lower City Park Shelter Rescue Renovations. So pretty much all the, we will um, look through, look at all the shelters that are in Lower City Park, probably consolidate some of them so we have fewer. At this point, we're thinking of renovating the red brick restroom. Um, our idea is to have fewer restrooms, but better restrooms for staffing and for maintenance along the way. So you might see the gray brick ones closer to the um, horseshoes go away, and we'd get renovations at red brick by the new playground, and maybe some by the stage, the festival stage too, potentially. So designed to be determined on that. A Calder Park, you're going to get a connection. There's going to be a new development to the east of that Monument there is, Hills. Yeah. Yep. yep. And the Monument Hills has to build the bridge over the creek. Oh, are they going to do that as part of their development? Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we will then do the trail connections from there. And then, most exciting, I think, for a lot of us, we'll be able to do the switchback trail. It's a huge hill as you huge. come out of Hickory Trail, and it's never been a fully accessible park for that reason. So we're going to be able to do the, the switchback trail all the way to Rochester? No. <laughs> we just have to do our part in the park for now. But it will do that in, so you have access into the park and paved surfaces to get to the playground, the shelter, and the fire ring that are in there. As you remember, there was an annual improvement fund for ADA improvements. In 2024, there is no money placed in that fund for ADA improvements because this project includes that. It will all go to Calder Park, 
in that situation. So you'll just connect to that new neighborhood, and then you can get through that new neighborhood, neighborhood to Rochester. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sure. I should have mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's not very many in 2024. And now, once again, I'm going to talk about the pages in the back of your packet, but don't look. And it was hard. Don't look. In the back of your packet, you have the full city CIP projects list for everything from street projects to wastewater treatment to everything. If you're wondering why we don't have very many projects in 2024, uh, just look at the street department budget. There's a few very large street projects that are taking a lot of the money. So I left the full budget in there so you can kind of see how it kind of varies and, and moves back and forth from one, uh, one department area to another. So 2024 will be as large of a construction year for us in Parks and Rec. 2025, we pick up though. We, this is our highest year, and you can see why. Whoa. We have uh, reevaluated how much City Park pool renovations are probably going to cost based on the amount of input we've been receiving and gotten some more information from other similar pools. And this would be to really renovate it with essentially what's there now. This is not a lot of bells and whistles beyond a new locker room shower area in, the, in the, a new pool, but not with not with much, it's definitely not a water park, let's put it that way. So still to be determined if even this is enough, but we shifted things around so we could have more money set aside, hopefully for this project. This is scheduled in 2025, but as we talked about in the rec facilities and program master plan, we will actually likely be hiring the consultant to lead the, pro lead the project at the end of 2023 and then doing most of the design work and the public input process through all of 2024. So that would mean that in 2025, summer of, summer of 2025, probably typically for a pool project this size, we would probably close early in 2024 if we were ready, if we admit it by then. So we might close like August 15th to get a to get a start on it, to get the demolition started. And then you can pretty much bet we would be closed probably through the whole next summer. Sometimes they try to push it for a 4th of July opening or August 1st opening. Uh, yeah. That's home. You know, I don't, realistically, it's going to be a whole summer down. Also in the year, we, we will do the Upper City Park restroom and shelter renovations. This is this will actually be folded in with the City Park pool project because as we showed in that master plan, likely the restrooms to the park will be incorporated into the uh, pool bathhouse. So we have one structure um, that can be heated and, and probably kept open throughout the winter then instead of having two smaller ones. Would people need to have, how would you separate people who like pay to be at the pool versus yeah. people using the park? So the way I see this, and I've seen this in other facilities, there would probably be two single-user restrooms facing the park okay. that are only available to the park that's as far in as you can get. Okay. And then on the other side of that wall, we would probably have the shower facility or whatever that's included with admission to the park. That you could close down, winterize kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So it's, they all share the same plumbing, the same roof and all that. It's just two different Okay. Things. Yeah, because I just, yeah, you want to have to separate those. Yeah. Uh, 2025 will be College Green uh, Park Playground replacement, a little bit of bigger playground at College Green. Probably not a lot of other renovations to that park though, it's pretty pretty good except for that. That's a highly used. The whole, yeah. yeah. It, it's very simple. If anything, we would probably renovate the basketball court because <laughs> that probably gets as much use there as the, yeah, as the playground. Yeah, that's just a very popular right. yeah. uh, ADA elevator improvements, that's through all of our city facilities. Mm -hmm. 
and then wants to get a little bit more money for this Carson Lake project. Court Hill Trail is the final one in 2025. This is a small portion of the trail, so it's just west of the dam that enters into Scott Park. So there's a trail that goes back into the neighborhood into Beach Street. Did I say that right, Tyler? So it's not a very long uh, part of the trail, but it's in really, really poor shape. So it's just simply replacing it with a new concrete trail from that short distance. On this one, the Carson Lake land acquisition, so I'm presuming this is not the kind of situation where a developer would donate X back to us if you have money in there for it. It's difficult to say because it's a pretty large and complicated project. So okay, so it's just you're putting the placeholder so you have it if you need it, but potentially that you haven't seen the big number yet. It's okay. coming. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's coming. Okay. The 200000 there is probably more for planning of the area. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then the last one of that would be uh, the Highway 6 trail from Broadway to Fair Meadows happens in 2025. A side path there. 2026. Oh, sorry, that was 2026. I came up that way. Uh, Stonebridge Park Development. If you were on our, our tour that we did last summer, we stopped there. It's... Uh, just east of Fraunholtz Miller Park, uh, east of the church that's up there, and uh, as they finish development, we get a nice little parcel of land down by the creek. It has similar features to the Court Hill Trail area, so if you've been in Court Hill and they have the, the big rocks and boulders that kids like, there's a whole other set of them here in Stonebridge Estates, and that had to do with the railroad that was going to go through. So we'll try to keep that incorporated in there somehow. Uh, here we get the $700,000 for this building, and we're leaving it open-ended to what that would be for. If the pool filters continue to degrade and we decide we need to you know, keep them operating to that point, it could be that, or it could be the roof replacement, whichever becomes the higher priority several years down the line. Plus, we would also have City Park pool essentially done, and that would be the point where we would be revisiting the future of both the indoor pools. So we leave that one a little open-ended. Napoleon softball fields, fields by three renovation. I laugh because this is one that has moved around 17 times in the six years I've been here. And someday we'll get it done. <laughs> but for some reason it keeps getting pushed. It, it, they aren't in terrible shape, so we keep saying we can make it go a little longer, but it's there. Uh, a couple smaller projects, Benton Hill Park by then will need a new playground replacement. North Market Square. That one's a little bit larger because the elementary school also uses that park. So we, we know that playground will be a little bit larger. And Is then, there an opportunity to go in with the school district somehow? Um, our agreement with them is a little different there in that they did build their own playground really nicely next to it and sometimes we get to use that uh, so it's and so we say we will do the playground okay. within the park. It's kind of a trade-off in that way. We both we use Just moving buckets of money. Realistically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the Rideau Street Park renovations. Will that be playground we think at this, that point by then or is it mostly trails? I can't remember. That's That's playground and Okay, and here you go, Carson Lake Basin, 1.9 million there. So that would be to build this retention area and pond. So pretty much any money we're talking about this at this point gets us a park for the future, but it's not going to be an active recreation space by the time we finish, if, if it moves along like this. So 
either stay on the commission or come back <laughs> in 2027, 28, because that's largely when if this all happens, there'll be a really cool new planning process for a brand new regional park out there. So it would be like where you're boating or fishing and kayaking so. type, um, not boating probably, but maybe kayaking. The intent right now is it would be similar to Terry True Blood. Okay. Um, but that's the intent right now and we're several years out, yeah. so that could change. Okay. To be real honest, we don't really know. How much space are we? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go for it. How much land are we? Is it? I just having a hard time. The whole time you were talking about it, I was thinking of like a little city park, you know, a little um, a neighborhood park. Yeah. Like no, no. This is uh. Terry Street looked like it's 100 acres for a reference, so if it's about that size, um, you probably need a couple hundred acres if you're going to do trail and other stuff with it somewhere in that range. And the entire development—that's only about a sixth, maybe, of the entire development. Because also, like I said, two to three school sites in there, plus all the housing and commercial yeah, I mean, that all works. Usually the elementaries are 15 acres minimum, yeah. and junior high, probably yeah. more than that, like quite a bit. I'll see what information I can find to send you that's already published so you can see it's what public. Is yeah. there, uh, as you, so it's not like there would be a new, whole new development being put out there. Are there any sort of expectations that you put on developers like to contribute back to because I mean it would be a great asset, you know, to, to be like, hey, move into this new neighborhood right next And get all the new schools and the new Yeah. So um, at the very least there's park dedication or neighborhood open space dedication for any development. And or they can either we can either take land or we can take cash in lieu that we can then use for the projects. And that's based on the size and, and what else is happening in a development. That's kind of the bare minimum, and then you're right, we do try to work with developers for exactly those reasons. Yeah. In this case, the land that we would need for this large lake is some pretty decent land for them, and I can't see them. I, we Just gotta, give it yeah, we got to buy some of it, I'm sure. So yeah. there's always some give and take, give and take yeah, yeah. what they get and what we get out of it. And it's, and this one has been in negotiations for at least two years already, so it's gonna, it yeah. takes a while. Yeah, I think yeah. we touched on it maybe a west side, I mean, at least a year, maybe two years ago now. Yeah. yeah. Can you say what the land is, is used for now? Is it agricultural or? Mostly agricultural, it's in the county still. Um, where the pond is might be all wet, wetlands or something, I'm not real sure. There's a creek or a couple of fingers of the creek that goes through the general area. 2027, we go through another 700,000. Not designated yet at all because figuring by then we'll know more about what next renovations. 300,000 towards the two uh, dock parks, and this would be one that if there's if there's a way to scoot this forward, we would probably do even 100,000 of it in a different year just to start doing um, some of the trails and fencing and starting to replace those in those two parks. Mercer Park Shelter Renovation, this is the shelter that is next to the large playground at Mercer. It was the one, right, that was caught on fire for a little bit this summer. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the reason things like that happen and move things forward. It's oh. still five years out. So if a storm, you know, we'll be monitoring it to see if it stays there or gets moved forward again. It's at least in the list. So that's good. We've asked for it. Uh, Tyler called this a storage building. I'm going to say it's a barn because it's 225. It does not really 
buying a bunch of a building, uh, but it's a cold storage building, uh, likely out at Kickers, for us to store all of our equipment. Right now it's stored in multiple small spaces or outside, which isn't really good for it. And, and would the Kickers one survive past the water treatment expansion? Yeah. So yeah. it would be somewhere where it's not moved again right. after that. Right. And another segment of the Iowa River Trail, this is what they're calling the gateway segment. So this is on the east side of the river between Park Road and the University of Iowa Pedestrian Bridge. So there, you have a trail on the west side. We don't have one on the east side. I'm sorry, you don't have to put all the pretty pictures in the show. No, that's okay. I was trying to let you mentally like, put myself where that is. So again, that'll be really helpful to have that there. Yeah, it's been asked for for a long time, so if we could get that. that don't time. worry, it's five years away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in your packets, you have, like I said, you have all the slides, and then you have a set of white sheets that yeah, oh, yes. And that gives you more detail on the overall city capital improvement project budget for all departments. So you can wow. see how we stack up and what things. If you want to know what's coming to your neighborhood, read through there and you can see what streets are coming and what. Oh, like street lights. And oh, everything. You get, you get everything. And it, that's all available online too. I'm not giving you anything super secret there. Super and then after that is the unfunded list. So let me take you through. So we asked for many more projects than we got funded, even though I, I think any parks and rec director would be like, this is amazing how much we get to do here. But there's a, there are other things that we hope to get done. I'm gonna start the list with some of the smaller things that we would hope to get done in the next few years. They didn't get funded yet, but we keep these on an unfunded list. So for let's say another project falls through and there's still some funding available, one of these could potentially slide into its place. Scott Park, um, we what have an ADA project. What, what number is that? Um, you have to go back, look up at the screen. Let's do that. Scott Park driveway and parking lot improvements. We're doing the area by the, by the dock park um, this fall or next spring. We'd like to do the rest of that parking area there. It's all just a seal coat right now. It's with that one. Uh, Benton Hill Park, you saw that the playground replacement is coming up in a few years. We would like to add a sidewalk, which would end up being on the south side of Benton Hill. It is like a really steep side that comes down from the park to the street. It's dangerous to mow. So we would have to bench in a sidewalk and have like a retaining wall. It's expensive. It would actually be better for access to people to the park and access would help keep our staff safe. So that's that's why we're asking for that eventually. Uh, Brooklyn Park was was in our request based on the park master plan. It's pushed back right now because of other projects. Same with Oak Grove Park. It has been in and out of the plan a couple times in future years. Right now it's sitting unfunded. This is the big one you need to know about. So the Robert A. Lee pool renovations had been in there for 800,000 or 650,000 before. Looking at the recommendations of the master plan and what was there, that wasn't, that level of renovation could happen with the $700,000 that we just talked about. A full on renovation of this building is more than $4 million, or just the pool. So it's sitting in unfunded right now but remember, that's also because we don't know which direction we're going. We don't know which one we're going to do. Yeah. So having it here right now is, is okay. I don't want to get people too worked up about that. Once we get through City Park, then that will be addressed and probably shuttle into whichever year um, would be best for that. 
Uh, we also asked for a trail loop at Fair Meadows Park. It is not in here, but it may be eligible for some community development block grant funding, so that, that one may come back sooner. We asked for a trail connection from Southgate Avenue over to the Iowa River Trail, uh, and that came actually through our planning office. That one's not funded yet. And then replacing the trail from the Napoleon Park Shop uh, to Riverfront Crossings. That whole section of the trail has some issues and it needs a full-on replacement. It's unfunded right now, but same thing, as the conditions warrant or if other things switch around. And we also asked for some funding to improve the trails at Whispering Meadows, the boardwalk and the trail there. Those are things that are not in the budget right now. There's some long-term things that have been out there for more than a year that are still not funded. Riverfront Crossing Park, Phase 4. <coughs> Is that the amphitheater? Amphitheater, kayak launch, things could have been in the northwest corner of the park. We're really waiting on to see what happens still to the north of that area. Um, where the businesses, the businesses are right now. Yeah, eventually the park will probably follow the river north. So we're holding off on anything else there until we have a more definitive answer on what's going to happen with that. Um, we also had one, we have full plans for a second restroom over by the playground area and a second pedestrian bridge, which would cross about where the rental place is across the river. So the bridge can't happen until that uh, that use changes there i would say the restroom would probably be similar at that point so down the road ashton house uh project green would like to see a second parking lot area and then at ashton house the parking is hard there it is hard um staff is not too excited about this one though so it's never really moved very high in the priority list because you don't want to take out green is that why yeah and even with more parking, the building itself can't really accommodate too yes. many more people. Yeah. Yeah. The parking was really sized for the type of events that can happen there. So, yeah. <laughs> Lower City Park Master Plan included the, the raising of the road, um, and uh, yeah. But is remember, that, is that for flooding? It would the raising of the road. It would protect the ball fields and the. The, the stage and everything better from the roads, but that 23 million also included things that we've already started doing. So things like changing over some of the lower, there used to be the smaller ball fields down in the low areas, that's been changed over to Prairie. The playground replacement was part of this originally. Some of the shelter changes taking out the amusement park rides. So we've kind of been taking care of little bits and pieces of this as we go. But still that's out there and then East Side Sports is still out there as an unfunded. I hear a lot about that still. Yeah, I kind of go to person, I think. I think we'll hear about it until there's some more champions or fundraising to help pull it together. So that is your full capital improvement budget. Are there other questions? Yeah, I was happy to hear just one of the questions I had was just accessibility and making that sure that's a priority and you kind of address that with some of the kind of budget items that way. And one of the other questions I had was to make sure that you know a lot of the parks were being in not just one section but across the city kind of updated and seemed like as the needs that way you kind of covered that as well so those were some of my 
questions or things that I was concerned about. And then climate action is also seeing that was a big portion. Has there ever been like a comprehensive like the city, Parks and Rec, maybe the university, groups of people getting together and doing kind of a master river plan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, I feel like we haven't ever really fully utilized what it could be. Yeah. A couple different kind of starts and stops on that, quite honestly. The university has a plan that's probably 60 or 70 percent <coughs> that okay. Corville and Iowa City have been a part of okay. talking about that's, that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the work we did together as all these communities to apply for the state the state grant worked on looking at that further. I, I think it's going to be something that continues and there's been yeah. more and more kind of um, cooperation between all the government and entities to, to do that. So Because could like you said something about like the tourism grant, mm -hmm. I mean it feels like maybe there's some something in there or something like that. Yeah. And that's what brought that together. It's it's a uh, Calling it the pedal paddle, something. There's an article in the paper about yeah. that too long ago. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of smaller projects um, throughout Corville and Iowa City in particular, a few with the county, to try to build that all into one larger system okay. around everything based around the river. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just when I moved here like 11 years ago, I was like, I can't believe this isn't utilized better. It just felt like ignored. <laughs> Like, it's, but I never understood like, the IMU, like if you go to the University of Wisconsin, I mean they're almost beautiful lake, but they use their waterfront as like a huge part of like their IMU, like their student center. I was like, why isn't our IMU like spilling out into the water? Just part of it is the, the dams, the low head dams that are still out there, so yeah. What else? Um, is the so we're talking about a riverfront crossing mm -hmm. on the, I guess, west side of the river there. there was, it looked like there were plans to um, do a bike trail along the river. And then I think it maybe yeah. saw a couple years ago and then it sort of... So actually, way back when I was Corville's director, there was full plans to build it on the west side. Uh, and they ran into some issues with some landowners. Is that going to get Corville's the west side? Um, yeah, I hope I'm saying that right. but. There's still a couple landowner issues, but we're in conversations with those people, so it could happen that we get the trails built on both sides. Now. So, um, like um, at Gilbert Street, is that where everything in the same spot? So like from, from crossing the park, the one by Bayfield. Yeah, yes, so on the west side of the river yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, potentially. I don't have any kind of timeline on it, but we haven't given up. Because it looked like there almost had been some grading that was going on. So, I can't really talk a lot more about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels like those businesses over there, a lot of them seem to be leaving, and I wonder if that was kind of a race. If they, yeah, if there's changes or if they consolidate into some kind of different development. Okay. We'll, so that's kind of in... That's lots. where we come in and talk about what they can do for parkland and that sort of thing. And so that is still Iowa City, right? Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Do you have Is there a motion to recommend the CIP as presented? I'll make a motion to accept it as recommended. Recommended, yeah. yeah. So, there's a second. I'll second. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Great. Thank you so much, Julie. Appreciate all the great work and just
you. It's great to have that line of sight. So that's one of the things I love of the part of the Parks and Rec that I probably didn't pay as much attention to prior. So yeah. it's fun to see some of the great great yeah. things that are in the work. So really appreciate the hours that have gone into this by you and the rest of the staff. So thank you very much for that. Now you can be the smart ones in your neighborhoods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I've been to parts of the neighborhood. They're super excited about the yeah. yeah. That's great. All right, we'll move on to item number five. Uh, report on Okay, so my main thing on the report is we have in front of you the newest, the latest, the greatest way to count uh, swimming pool use at both Robert A. Lee Indoor Pool and Mercer. So let me just talk to you about what you see in front of you. So to the left side, we have a daily count by hour of the people checking into the pool. And these are the recreation or lap swim or open swim people that are either checking in with their pool pass to swim or paying a daily admission. And that is counted at our front counter, not actual bodies in the water. It's counted there, and we don't know how long they stay in the water, but that's the number of people entering the pool for those reasons. And then you'll see over here you have different columns. So you also have the water fitness count. So the water fitness count, you've asked each instructor to count the actual bodies in their class and report that, and we tally those per day to give you a, a total number per day. Now, that doesn't tell you how many were in each one of those classes, because sometimes you'd have three classes, so you might have two in one class, 15 in another. We have that information for helping with management decisions about class futures and stuff, but we're just putting it in a, in a bulk number here. Then you have the number of swim lesson participants each day, not by hour, but per day. The swim lessons are not an actual count of people in the water. They are based on the registrations for that class. So there's you know 60 kids registered for the class. Some nights there might be 56, some nights there might be 52, some nights there might be, I guess it would be more than 60. We're not counting each one, we're just going off of who's registered and paid for those classes. And you have an event count, so things like, some nights we have $2 swim, some nights we had a Saturday, a few Saturdays ago we had the pumpkin float. Those, those items will go in that account. So what you'll have at the bottom, is you first of all have a total over here of just drop-in swimmers and an average per day of drop-in swimmers. The next column tells you an average, total number and then an average of aqua fitness participants. <coughs> the next one would be the swimming lesson participants and the next one would be any other events that happen. And then we give you a grand total on the far right side of the number of people that have used the pool in the last month and how many that averages per day. So that's for Robert A. Lee. The next page does the same thing for Mercer. Mercer's just slightly different in that we currently are not doing swimming lessons at Mercer because they're all here and we have swim teams based out of Mercer. So instead of a swim lesson count here, you have a swim team count. Mm -hmm. The swim team count is also based on what the various swim clubs tell us. Mm -hmm. So we aren't in there counting how many swim team swimmers are in the each lap lane. Who is sick or whatnot. Yeah, we have that down yeah. over here on yeah. the bottom left that says how, what the enrollments are right now. 
we're just going to trust those numbers are closed. We also know when the building is closed for swim meets, what kind of swim meet. We are also not going to try to count the bodies in the water during a swim meet. Um, we're just going to let you know that at this point that's what's, what's in there, whether it's a large one. And we have some events that happens. The other nice thing that Gabe did for you is you have the total on each one of our drop-in swimmers and then the average swimmer. So you can see that the average per day drop-in swimmer at Mercer is 72.9 swimmers per day. Okay, so when you take the average, if you just take the same hours that Robert A. Lee is open, the average at Mercer would be 29.2 people there when it is right now 17.8 at Robert A. Lee. And that's if you compare the same hours to same hours. Does that make sense, what we were trying to do with So it? that's using all the uh, hours that are yellow on this one. Okay. And those are just the hours in yellow, just days that have a number. Those, right? yeah, those are when, those are the hours that Robert Aigley are open. Yeah. The pool, oh, okay. The pool is open, using those same hours at Mercer, so you can kind of look at how they're both open yeah, at the same time, yeah. what they're kind of comparing at. Yeah. yeah. And, and just a reminder, so the numbers at Robert Aigley, this is the reporting numbers we'll compare month to month. <laughs> As we go along, staff will always be looking at these kind of on that semester by semester basis to say, okay, our, our eight o'clock, seven, eight o'clock hours are looking pretty full. Maybe it's time to bring back that nine, nine to 11 lap swim time. And we would probably make, we would generally make that decision approximately every three months. We look at what the use has been and look at the changing those. Because in the winter, does the pool go up because there's not, outside stuff or does it go down to just cold yeah. and get in the water? Um, I guess we'll find out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. The 50 meter lap swimmers at City Park don't seem to transition back to our facilities. So mm -hmm. I think they're university swimmers or I'm not really sure. But we, we do not see a large bump as soon as we close City Park pool. They're coming specifically for City Park pool. Just if one swim outside. Yeah, and, and as far as swim lessons are pretty consistently busy year-round, but actual other uses, it kind of it just depends on the weather and everything else. So speaking yeah. of swim lessons, are we producing or changing individual swim lessons? My son is an individual swim lesson instructor, and he's been told that yeah. we are no longer doing individual. I don't know about not doing them in total, but we are reducing them because we are trying to get as many kids through our program as possible. So we wanted instructors as much as possible teaching four or five kids at a time right. rather than individuals. Uh, I, I totally get that. Um, I guess my question is, so my son is certified to do people with disabilities and special needs. Yeah. So those um, children and adults need more of a one-on-one -on -one situation. So I just was curious. Yes, we are still offering adaptive swim lessons. Okay. So we do we do have privates in those instances, okay. so those will still be, be available. Okay. It's, the, it's just the regular private lessons that we're offering where you have one or two kids to an instructor okay. to be able to stretch our resources yeah. and be able to get more kids in the water. We're taking that step here for the, the winter spring semester. Okay, so what you see in front of you was a little bit different than what was set out in your packet. We adjusted it some today after I saw, um, saw it this morning. So. We will send an addendum out that has this as the most current so everyone else can see that as well. And it should be the same reporting format for, for now for a while. 
so we can start comparing month to month and, and everything else. And are we confident that, as confident as you can be, that the numbers for the drop-ins are being counted equally? As far as we can tell, yeah, I know that we've gone back and forth with some of the users about this. Uh, we've offered to sit down with a group of them again and, and compare. They, they're doing counts in the water, which would be a little bit different because we do it by when they check in to the outside. And if they stay two hours, they're going to get counted, you know, it twice. And so oh, because they're counting hourly? They're counting every 15 minutes. They're, yeah, they're counting a little differently. So we've offered to sit down with them again and show them this report, work through this. Um, I think we will continue to report it this way. If they'd like something different, we could have a second one that is something different. But to, give, to use for our uses, I think this is very accurate. Are they saying that people aren't checking in, so we're missing people? Is, is that the gist of what I'm getting? Yeah. Um, and, and there could be some, but I don't It's not. It's not as rampant as they may have led you to believe. Um, and there's confusion about the people that they say aren't checking in. Some of them are aqua fitness and uh, swim people are coming in for the class. So they actually don't check in because they check in with the instructor on deck. And they're already accounted for by who's registered for the class. Exactly. Right. So that's why we're trying to give you all the numbers of different ways that we account for people, which we hadn't done so much in the past. So this should give you the, if we if we find there's some category we forgot, we'll add it. <laughs> but right now you're seeing kind of that true count of all the different uh, counts. Yeah. What's the capacity for the pools as well? Do we know? That's a great question that, that I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just be curious, you know, based on numbers, percentages wise, so far as capacity. It's, it's a it's still a relatively small percentage of what yeah. the capacity yeah. would be. Yeah. 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 Swung the swim lessons over to Mercer. How would those fit in? Mercer seems it's too cold. They don't do swim lessons there because the water's colder and people oh, don't like it. Right? Is that true? Yeah. That's why we're doing here now. But in the future, that's why we say we would do that only if there was a warm water addition made there, because you would need warm water additional space yeah. for the swim lesson program to move to it. It would be helpful, we don't have enough diving well space here, deep water space for some of the larger, older classes. Mercer's better for that. Um, but it was probably three, four, five years ago that we made the change to raise the water temperature here, move swim lessons, stop offering them at Mercer, and let that be more of the swim team lap swim. Because they keep it colder for them. Yeah. So. Okay, that's what I have. Um, a few weeks ago, I just a, just a few brief updates, but a few weeks ago we had uh, one of my favorite events of the year, which is our Halloween Carnival here. And it's always a fun time to be able to see what unique and creative ways kids come up with to, to get dressed up. I saw a whole pack of uh, mom uh, that was dressed as a group with a whole bunch of minions. Um, but very successful. We, we continue to build upon that event every year. We, um, similar to last year, we have about a thousand people come through the door here. We utilize pretty much 
every nook and cranny of this facility, and we actually brought it outdoors this year, which ended up being a beautiful night for us. It was like you know, 60 degrees outside. We had a DJ that was out there playing some jams. Um, we had a uh, s'more uh, cooking pit uh, where people could roast some marshmallows and make their s'mores. We had the Oakmobile, the Children's Museum was out there. Um, we had some other vendors from our farmer's market that was out there providing some different treats for the kids too. So it was a, it was a great event, always a fun time, always very successful for us. So we'll continue to find ways to continue to build that and make that a, a highly anticipated event every year. Um, we wrapped up Farmer's Market a couple weeks ago and we took one weekend off uh, this last weekend and now we're going right back into it with a holiday market uh, that's going to be here on Saturday. So that's going to be 8 a.m. to 1. If any of you are interested in getting ahead of uh, your holiday shopping, this is going to be a great place for that. And we've got a lot of vendors that are booked and ready to go. We'll have our other our other holiday market on December 17th, so we have two to the holiday season. Um, staff is working on finalizing plans for the winter-spring uh, season. Um, it's going to be behind, uh, upon us before we know it. Uh, we will probably have those uh, activity guides out to the public towards the end of this month. And then our registration for residents is going to start on December 13th, and then non-resident registration on December 14th. So, um, and the one last thing I'll say is we're always looking for people to hire for the upcoming uh, activities that we have. So if you want to pay that's interested in a job. What kind of, what kind of? All, all program areas. Okay, but it's like a full-time or is it seasonal? Sorry, seasonal positions or, or okay. year-round positions, but working for the different programs. Okay, so they transition to programs by season? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so, age, is that yeah. 16 or 18? Um, well, we hire lifeguards, we'll, if they're 15, we'll, we'll hire them on, uh, we'll give them the training, um, 16 and up, usually for most of our other programming. And is it youth and adult programming? Yep. yep. We're always, always looking to hire, so icgov.org backslash jobs is where they can find more information about the jobs that are Is there a going rate or is it per job, it's rated per job? It's rated per job, but our minimum wage is $15 an hour, so it starts at 15 and goes on up from there. Okay. <clears throat> Perfect. I will do something. Perfect. <laughs> That's my advice. So we talked a little bit earlier, we're acquiring a thousand plus trees right now, so um, most of the, most if not all, they could have all been finished today, I'm not sure on that, but uh, um, trees from the contracts are planted. Um, plus what we planted the staff and volunteers this fall. Um, so we've, uh, we've got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good tree canopy started um, really all over. Um, so the project from last year, the replacement trees were finished up as well. Um, or if they're not finished, they're within a few trees. Um, and uh, um, so yeah, there'll be some nice, nice good trees out there. Um, and thank you to um, those that, um, I know Alex was at the, the tree planting for um, at Riverfront Crossings, so those look real nice, they can turn out for that. Um, a lot of rare numbers there as well to help with that. Um, so Port Hill, Shattuck Green, Whispering Meadows, Pet Mall, those are all our projects for this year. Um, they're either done or nearing completion. Um, Chatted Green has the most 
most left to go on it, but it was the one with the restroom facility. Um, so they're working on that restroom right now. Um, I think there's a few more paths left to um, to do within the, uh, the gardens, but most of the concrete work and stuff like that is done. Um, I believe uh, earlier this week, Court Hill was pretty close to being done, so um, uh, that's that's looking good. Um, of course, the Pipe Mall's been really popular so far. Anytime I've been down there, tons of kids all over it. So. Is it fully open already? Yep. yep. So I think uh, all the public input and process that went into that, I think we really ended up with a nice, uh, um, nice features that are unique to that location and look really nice with the other buildings around it too. And of course, the kids are going to get a sample when they're, they're out there playing, so. It's a, I thought I'd see more of them on the kids on the tower because the tower is huge and high. I see them all the time on this new rope structure. That is really popular in that park, so. It's interesting to see how the kids migrate. It, it always yeah. is. Every park we put in, I'm usually surprised by something that, yeah. Uh, we've been doing some prep work along Willow Creek Trail for that uh, um, trail project that you saw on the CFP for next year. Um, so we removed a lot of honeysuckle and other uh, um, undergrowth, some trees that were um, in not as good a condition or too close to the trail that the roots were going to be impacted um, by that. So um, we've done a lot there. It, it's really cleared it back from the trail quite a bit. Um, uh, got some mixed opinions on it, but 90% of what was removed were honeysuckle. Um, so uh, it's been, uh, um, we've actually got quite a few thank yous because it's further off the trail for bikers and, and people walking it. It just feels like you have more room. Um, uh, leaf mulching in the parks, we had, um, it should go out soon. Um, the uh, TV Channel 4 crew from the city went and uh, followed uh, um, a couple of our mowers around in Upper City Park to see how we take care of our leaves without sucking them all up and, and composting them. So um, it, it shows what you can do on a smaller scale as a homeowner to not have to uh, rake as much. So um, it just uh, should be out there soon on, on their uh, sites. So I would imagine go out on social and, and the city webpage. Um, other than that, we're going to be transitioning things to snow equipment soon, I said We did transition one room because we've been uh, burning some of the trails to get leaves and other um, matter off of those. So um, we went through all the trails this week, so there's not slippery spots and things like that. So um, that's kind of uh, the main things. Um, any questions? On um, I have a question. Are we still planning to clear the trails at Terry Troopland for yes. snow? Okay. Yep. Yep. All and the same. All the same trails as last year, and we gained a few spots the city owns now. So. Okay. Um, yep. Great. Appreciate. Nothing from me for kind of the chair's report, um, and then we can just go around and see if there's any items for future agenda. Maybe starting with Melissa. I just wanna. Thank you for planting all the trees in the South District because I was just walking around the neighborhoods looking at all of the labels on the trees, <laughs> saying hello to each different tree. It's just totally changed the character of the neighborhood. So I'm glad to see that. Saying hello to each tree. It's so much better. It's great. Thank you. Very neighborly. Missy? I have a 
last day. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I just want to thank city staff. I happen to be at the city council meeting, and um, the scrutiny under which you guys have operated um, is something that I don't wish on anyone. So um, I don't think that's probably what you signed up for either when you began your career. So I wanted to say thank you to you guys for that. For sure, I really appreciate it. Um, I also don't know if this is a place to do to address the letter that was sent to the Parks and Rec Commission that was in our packet, or um, I think that when I what I feel like our role as a commission is that we give recommendations to the City Council, and so that that um, vote that was passed was a recommendation to City Council, and I think that based on um, Julie's presentation of a complete master plan at the work session, um, we gave Andy some comments from the City Manager. Um, about what the master plan entails, I think led the city council to vote the way that they did with the packet without any of those amendments that we voted on or um, or changes. So I think that I just wanted to kind of say that because I think that's what happened. They had a no. They had all your minutes and the addendums and everything, but they voted on the master plan as it stood without our Correct. recommendations. Yeah. And so I guess I just wanted to address that. Like our role isn't to. I mean, the city council doesn't have to take our recommendation as you're as rec your recommending body, not yeah. not a legislative body. Exactly, and so I just wanted to address that because I um, I think that the the letter that was sent implied that we had more power. <laughs> 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 For that, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask is if there was an update because when we last met, the historical society had some questions about the the improvements. Or the recommendations for the city park pool, and so. So same thing. The Historic Preservation Commission uh, considered city park pool in there, and they made a recommendation to the city council prior to the master plan, saying uh, their recommendation was to not. I hope I get it right. To not change anything about the basin of the pool, replace it or repair it, but don't. But anyway, it's kind of the same thing. That was a recommendation to the council, just as park commissions are recommendations. The council had that full information in their packet and was aware of that. They chose not to change their action on the plan based on it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes good sense. point. Yeah, I've, so much has happened. I forgot <laughs> the, the steps along the way. So yeah, good points. Yeah. Anything else? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being at that meeting as well. Appreciate that. No, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for everything. Yeah. Um, I, I watched some of the park improvements up close and personal because uh, all those ones on the east side are um, like the Chaddock and the Cork Hill. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun to watch happen. And it's great to see that they're kind of almost done. And I see people, you know, kind of, you know, I, I don't think the one in Cork Hill is open yet, but. People are going to appreciate it. So, yeah, thanks for kind of keeping those going. Yep, awesome. Yeah, that one's close to the road close. <laughs> and then also the, uh, the downtown one, too, the, the oh. and Penball looks really yeah. nice there, too. So, they, they took the old shelter out the north side yeah. of Court Hill this afternoon, so that's gone. That was my excitement for today watching that. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> Great. And my last comment is just um, I noticed that they're starting the neighborhood they're building for the Green Hill new development back there. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting that that park is going to get an extension, and so I'm excited to see how that, that comes out. Awesome. Thank you so much.
Uh, is there a motion to adjourn? And then note about December. Sometimes we haven't had December meetings, but if you noticed as I went yeah, through the like CIP, six or seven. You have one. We, we need one. We need one. And okay. so if you can't make it, let us know well ahead of time so we can make other. It, it's not the end of the world if it can't happen. But And y'all should come to this my last meeting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there there uh, uh, applications are still open. I know that we have like a record number of applicants. Oh, that's happening well. across a whole bunch of different commissions. Yeah. That's great. Like yeah. at least a dozen or more, which is a lot for any commission. That's here. great. So, yeah. Um, they will appoint, I believe, at the next council meeting, and we'll get to uh, yeah, um, me and it's you in April. April is eligible for another term, so oh, okay. I'm not sure if she's applying. I think she's applying, and then okay. there's several new applicants. So. Okay. Well, thank you so All right, thank you so very much.